0: This is the Oanda Podcast, brought to you by Jazz FM's Business Breakfast. This is the Oanda Market Insights Podcast with me, Johnny Hart. Each week we look back at the week's business and market news with Oanda Senior Market Analyst, Craig Earlham. And it's a very good afternoon to Craig. How are you doing?
1: I'm very good, mate. How are you?
0: not too bad obviously we're all in self-isolation and it's been a tough week for many people of course but ironically a much improved week for the FTSE. it opened on monday at 5,415 points and it closed a few minutes ago at 5,842 so that is roundabout a jump of 8% over the week there was an initial wobble when boris johnson went into intensive care earlier in the week can you explain why the markets have been so buoyant
1: i think it's just got a lot to do with the fact that some of the data that we're seeing coming from spain from italy uh, from new york even at one point this week has looked more encouraging uh the new cases decelerating uh, particularly in europe uh, and even in, and in France as well, the daily death toll has been decelerating as well. So it looks as though on the face of it that we are through the worst or at least we are on a, a downward trajectory as far as the bell curve is concerned in uh, parts of Europe that were worst affected by the coronavirus and what that does is it doesn't just uh, mean that we could potentially be on a path towards recovery in these countries but it provides further evidence that this works that quarantine works you can reach the tip of the bell curve it gives you a potential time frame for when that will happen as well and therefore when you're looking at a case like the US which is going to be far worse than all of these at times it looked as though it was going to be far worse put together uh, but um it seems that Dr Fauci today has suggested that the death toll could be lower than previously expected, which is obviously a great thing. So it gives, you a, it gives you an ability to look beyond the coronavirus, to start looking at when we could start to see these quarantine measures reduced, when we could start to see the economy return to normal, and therefore try and get an idea of what the uh, medium and longer term damage will be. Of course, there is going to be stumbling blocks along the way, uh, and there could be many more. But this is positive steps uh, towards where we want to ultimately be. And I think that's effectively been celebrated in the markets, which is why we've seen them make decent gains again this week.
0: In the meantime, Craig, some staggering unemployment figures coming out of the United States. 6.6 million people filed for unemployment benefit last week. That takes the total number of claims In the last three weeks to more than 16 million, uh, truly unprecedented figures. And to put those numbers in context, 9 million jobs were lost in the entire 2008 financial crisis over a much longer period. More than 16 million. It's mind-blowing.
1: It is. There's no way looking past that, which makes it all the more staggering that these numbers continue to get given a free pass. Uh, The markets, once again, did not respond in the slightest to that. In fact, around the time of that release, we had initial jobless claims of 6.6 million. We had the previous number revised up to 6.867 million. We had uh, continuing jobless claims jump from 3.059 million to 7.455 million. We had the Canadian unemployment rate jump from 5.6% to 7.8%. The net change in employment in Canada, which was expected to be 350,000, was actually 1.01 million. And the participation rate fell from 65.5% to 63.5%. So that was a whole slurry of really dreadful numbers on the labour market side of things. And the markets actually bounced. We saw a risk-on move rather than a risk-off move. So these numbers really are getting a free pass at this moment in time. I guess the only upside the only positive you could potentially pull a draw from the jobless figures was the fact that that continuing claims number was slightly better than expected and it was 7.455 million which is obviously a dreadful dreadful number but it does go some way to highlighting how temporary some of these figures are how volatile they are going to continue to be but apart from that it is all negative but markets just aren't really attaching themselves to it now a few weeks ago that may have been different but i think the markets have fallen so far now and expectations have been reduced to such a degree that anything that looks less horrific is just given a bit of a free pass the fact that we've got all of this additional stimulus coming from central banks coming from governments does just almost give people a sense that if the data is not as bad as it could be then potentially we are at a turning point and that's the only thing that really kind of makes sense but then we've said this many times before i think there's a lot of uh, fear of missing out coming into play the kind of fomo trading i feel like that environment is very much uh, prevalent at this moment in time and i think there's also plenty of hurdles uh, that could trip things up uh, over the coming weeks take this weekend as a prime example this weekend here in the uk we're going to have incredible weather which we don't get very often let's face it um when we do have incredible weather people want to go outside now we have quarantine efforts we've already seen that there's plenty of people who are willing to ignore those warnings to ignore the message to stay at home what do you think people are going to do this weekend if they've been ignoring it already? They're going to go to the parks. They're going to meet up with people. They're going to go to open areas, thinking that if it's an open area, then it's absolutely fine. That worries me because that suggests that just as we're starting to see improvement in terms of new cases, we suggest that in a couple of weeks, we could be peaking in the bell curve in terms of the fatality rate. We could potentially see another tick higher if people do ignore this on to a great degree. And the fact that we've got a four-day weekend with good weather doors worry me. And there could be other setbacks as well. The longer this goes on, the more chance there is that people are going to start to leave the house. Cabin fever is going to set in and complacency is going to set in.
0: Although, of course, we haven't gone as far as many European countries. In fact, I was hearing about Cyprus today. You'd have thought uh, it's an island. It's uh, protected by the sea. But what they are doing over there is you have to send a text to a government website or a government body to say that you are going out for food or for the pharmaceuticals and then you receive a reply saying you can go out. If you do not have that text saying you can go out, then you get fined up to something like €3,000. So really, here in the UK... Uh, We're mild in comparison with many other countries.
1: Yeah, I mean, every every country has their own way of doing these things. So it's always going to be difficult to compare uh, from one to the other. But what we can see is that the government is hoping that a light-touch approach with Hmm. plenty of advertisement, with plenty of education, plenty of advertising to show begging people effectively and from people within the NHS, begging people to stay indoors, to abide by the quarantine efforts, to do their part, to alleviate the pressure on the NHS, to prevent harm coming to others as well as, our, as, as ourselves they are hoping that they can take a lighter touch approach and still get the same results now what we've seen is that is true for most people but it's not true for all people so now if you do go for a run in the park you will see that there's certainly in my parks uh, there are people walking around monitoring the situation telling people to move on if they're sat down telling people to separate if they're in crowds and you're going to see a heavier approach if people continue this weekend Uh, to not abide by the warnings and not abide by the rules, then I think we're going to see a heavier-handed approach yet again, which point we all lose.
0: And, of course, the plus side of this uh, slightly lighter touch uh, from the UK authorities is that a semblance of the economy can keep going. Uh, For instance, the supermarkets and some of the other shops that are open. You mentioned central banks before, Craig. The UK government, it was announced, is set to borrow billions of pounds from its emergency Bank of England overdraft to finance the fight against Covid-19. The government will draw money from the bank's Ways and Means facility to help workers and businesses. And it hasn't used this facility in this way since the financial crisis, unsurprisingly. Controversial, isn't it, for a central bank to basically hand cash directly to the government. But the bank and the Treasury insist that the overdraft is temporary.
1: And more importantly, or just as importantly, the markets believe that to be the case uh, they we haven 't seen much movement in terms of bonds uh yields prices uh, on the back of this we 've got to remember the this is a facility which is always being used to a small degree it's basically just allows the government some flexibility in terms of raising cash. People will happily lend cash to the UK. That is evident uh, and has been evident in the market for many, many years. The problem is, in times of uh, of necessity in times of turmoil sometimes you need to raise a lot more cash than you would typically borrow and what that does is the market only has so much liquidity the market only has so many people who want to buy those bonds so if you suddenly out of nowhere need to borrow a lot more money than the market is willing to lend then you have to pay much higher rates of interest so what this overdraft enables you to do is smooth out the process not just all of a sudden borrow a huge amount of money uh, and a huge amount more than you would otherwise need to borrow in one burst and it allows them to spread that over a number of weeks, not causing shocks in the markets, not causing unnecessary spikes in, in interest rates, and allows you just to weather short term storms. That is what overdrafts are for, for all of us. We all use overdrafts in that form and have done at times throughout our lives. Sometimes you have times of stress and you need something just to tie you over in the short term. That's what you've got from the government. It's not a sign that they can't afford anything, it's not a sign that there isn't lenders it's just something that enables them to smooth out the process and nothing more it just i think it's one of those headlines that sounds more worrying than it actually is
0: okay as we speak craig oil prices have jumped today on reports that uh, saudi arabia and russia have reached a deal on uh, what could be a deep output cut we should say that these are rumors Somebody suggested uh, as high as 20 million barrels per day. We're unsure as to when the meeting and the announcement is going to be following that meeting. So I hesitate to talk about this story too much. But having said that, if that was the case, it would be quite significant, wouldn't it?
1: It would. Like you say, it's extremely difficult to analyse something that we are talking about blind. And by the time people listen to this, they will know the exact outcome of this rumor suggested that it was up to 20 million barrels for saudi uh, arabia and russia now the issue that i have with this is that i find it staggering that the two countries will take up the bulk of 20 million barrels worth of oil cuts i find it staggering that they will do so without any participation from the u.s and i am cautious about the use of the words up to because that sounds like a very loose commitment. And it sounds like there's a lot of conditionality uh, attached to that. Now, when people are listening to this, it may be literally just that, and all of my skepticism may be for naught. Uh, But I I wonder whether there is much more to it and whether there are far more discussions to be had. What's interesting in the markets is this is a market that likes to get excited. Like I say, the FOMO trade is very real. We've already seen a strong rally on the back of Trump's tweet last week saying that they were going to cut by at least 10 million barrels a day. uh, And the reports that we've had despite the spat last weekend. What's interesting is WTI is still below $30 a barrel. And in fact, it's actually reversed all the spike gains which came on the back of the report that a deal of up to 20 million barrels had broken that suggests there is still skepticism within the market Uh, we've seen these meetings before we've seen them turn sour late on uh, particularly involving these two countries we'll wait and see how this does pan out but make no mistake about it this is a huge deal as far as the markets are concerned they predicted that the demand destruction that's effectively been caused by this coronavirus is at least 15 million barrels a day probably more Um, so you effectively need the 20 million cut just to stabilize the market at or around these levels it's really difficult to anticipate exactly what they're going to do exactly what the compliance is going to be if they don't want oil prices to fall again i can't help but feel we need at least 15 million barrels a day being cut and if you want oil prices to rise above 30 then we need 20 and we also need probably u.s participation as well if those moves are going to be sustained so the the bar is extremely high and the range of potential outcomes at the time of recording seems vast uh, at this stage, even down to the deal collapsing altogether at which case prices would plummet and I think probably below twenty dollars a barrel.
0: It should be very interesting to follow that. and of course um, you are back on the Jazz FM business breakfast on Tuesday morning and definitely will reflect that uh, with presenter Michael Wilson. Craig, I hope you enjoy uh, what is set in the UK to be a long sunny weekend. Uh, it's very peculiar. Uh, when you think about it, that we are in this situation where we have to stay at home. But stay at home, we certainly must. It really is very, very important, uh, despite the good weather. Um, If you're fortunate enough to have a garden, at least you can sit out in the sunshine. But uh, please, everyone, stay safe. And uh, we'll speak to everybody again on Tuesday.
1: Absolutely. Stay safe, everyone.